0: it's time for another episode of and another thing with Jody Jenkins and Tony Clement welcome back to another episode of and another thing I'm Jody Jenkins and I'm Tony Clement and we are so excited to have you along again we can't stress this enough make sure you subscribe our list of subscribers is growing it is growing exponentially
1: that's what our business manager says
0: well no, he's and he wouldn't lie to us uh, no Travis he would, not. would not lie no, to us he would not He has integrity. He's honest. Yes. He would not lie to us. But our number multiplies week after week. And so we are so appreciative of the uh, support and the feedback that we continue to get. Uh, Don't forget iHeart, podcasts, Google Play, iTunes. Spotify. Spotify. Anywhere that you can get podcasts, make sure you look it up. And another thing. Now, there are a couple podcasts with the same name. Unfortunately, they're not yes. even they're not even remotely as good. No, but the differentiation between ours and the others, you look for a, a characterized caricature of our faces, I guess. Yeah,
1: it's a drawing. Yeah, it's a drawing. You've got a you've got a, <laughs> a caricature. You've got a ball cap on, and uh, I've no, I was got trying the... to make it sound better. Okay, like a character. You're like it's yeah, a drawing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a drawing. <laughs> <laughs> and but we we appreciate uh, you try to find us out there.
0: That's okay, it, so yeah. we are continuing with our tradition of amazing guests, and we're so excited to have this gentleman on. Tony, I'm going to let you introduce our guest today. Uh, You guys have some great history, and then we're going to get right into it
1: Yes, with the tough questions, so go ahead. Well, it is our honor to have on the program today Michael Corrin, who, of course, is a British-Canadian, I believe you're a deacon now, of the Anglican Church, And uh, uh, a former television talk show host, The Michael Curran Show. Uh, And uh, we're going to get into the authorship you have done because you have uh, authored, uh, I think, about a dozen books around there anyway. And, uh, of course, uh, you've done much radio and much television and much writing in the uh, in the Canadian space of uh, politics and uh, spirituality and, I dare say, morality. So, thank you and welcome to our program, Michael.
2: Lovely to be here.
1: Great to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about the spiritual journey first, because you have gone from <laughs> one side of spirituality and have um progressed i would say or uh, i don't know if that's the right way to put it but you, you you've you changed your spiritual views a little bit so tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah i mean I, i'm comfortable with the word uh, progress but others might object to that um i wasn't raised in a christian home uh, i was raised in a very secular quite anti-religious home i, I became a roman catholic in 1984 in britain and uh I stayed uh, well, I pretty much stayed in that church when I wandered around a bit but I, I never left the Christian faith. Um, my father was Jewish I wasn't really brought up um, in the Jewish faith. people think I was as some, of the, some of the remarks I read on social media um beyond the nasty ones they just don't quite get it uh, I I mean I didn't have a mitzvah or anything like that, but certain Jewish cultural heritage I suppose uh, and um came to Canada. I married a Canadian woman I met when I was giving a paper at a conference. And uh, what characterized me, I suppose, was a, a rather rigid, conservative interpretation of Christianity. And uh, I never doubted my faith, but uh, it did lead me, particularly within the Catholic Church, to a certain... Uh, I won't say orthodoxy, but a conservatism, I think, is a better word, particularly mm-hmm. on those issues such as sexuality and life, and, um, and and I was fairly outspoken. There aren't that many people in Canada, I suppose, in media who had those views, so I became uh, rather quickly uh, a poster boy, if you like, for conservative Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to paint myself as some sort of victim. Oh dear, this happened to me. I mean, I didn't uh, say no. There was no bein point, but um, it, it all became very, very uh, you mentioned Exponential earlier when um, Random House, my publisher, asked me to write a book on Catholicism and I did and we titled it Why Catholics Are Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was my idea but it was a very good idea and it, was, it did very well and and I was a columnist for various Catholic newspapers and uh, I was all over the Catholic world and beyond. Um, so then about seven years ago I did have a, I suppose a spiritual conversion um, a very painful and very difficult one uh, where I didn't out my faith, but I did. Um, I began to question my interpretation of it, and right. it was particularly on the area of homosexuality that was the um, uh, so the, the door opened at that point, And after that, when I begin, I began to change my views. Other things followed very quickly. Um, I don't think I was close to a breakdown, but I was certainly at a, a place of deep emotional turmoil. I couldn't reconcile my relationship with the Jesus of the Gospels any longer with what the Catholic Church taught. And I was saying about equal marriage, about full acceptance of of LGBT uh, to two people, and so on. And um, it was very difficult for me. And it came Well, I'll be absolutely candid with you—it came at a, at a, a great cost professionally, not that that should matter, but it, it was. I knew. It, I knew it would to a degree. I didn't realize how profound and robust it would be. You, I mean, I lost pretty much everything. It quite. Looking back on it, it's quite funny. You know? <laughs> Every day another another firing. This magazine, that magazine, that speech, this speech, um, and so it really left me with, with very little. Uh, people have gone through a lot worse. Well, I mean, um, and but,
1: and of course the scriptures are are, are littered with uh, broken people who lose everything and yet uh, uh, do. Uh, Good, good and great things, I would I would argue. So,
2: Well, we, I, God doesn't guarantee a perfect life. He guarantees no. a perfect eternity, and life can be troubling. Now, I, I, I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm a white, straight uh, person, man, living in Canada, mm-hmm. who owns a house. Mm-hmm. So I have no reason to complain. But it, I mean, the reason I say that, I find it quite amusing when people say, well, you know, he, he just changed for the money. And I think to myself, where's this money? God? Please <laughs> give it to me, because I really would, I would like it. Some, somebody is, tweeted um,
1: about me uh, uh, the other day, well, he's, of course, he's on all, all of these very high-paying corporate boards now. And I'm thinking, well, please, please send me the address of these well-paying corporate boards. <laughs> but, uh, I
2: know. It, it's, well, what it is, especially when it comes to religious uh, progress or development or conversion, if you like, those who you've, and this might sound quite pejorative, but those you've left behind, they have to find a reason to justify what you've done. And so they have to conjure up a base motive. So with me, it was either he did it, he did it for the money. Um, he is gay himself. I mean, I'm not. Couldn't care. But I mean, I'm not. The kids are gay. Again, wouldn't bother me. But they're not. Um, or there's some sort of dishonesty. Or I mean, it, it was quite brutal. My my wife received letters saying she had to leave me because she's still a Catholic, and they went after my children. And that's much more difficult to forgive. They they were trolling my children. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and there were, there were actual campaigns. I always find this, and I've just written a piece actually for the CBC about this. Um, council culture is troubling. That doesn't mean it's all wrong, because some people I don't believe should be given a public platform. doesn't mean they can't speak, but to give them a public platform is something different. But the right claim they're victims of council culture. Spare mm-hmm. mm-hmm. me. Uh, I There were del- organized campaigns to stop me speaking uh, I was I was a guest host on 100 Huntley Street. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. let me get there. They, I mean, they, I had an email with all the dates that I was going to do the interviews for them. I, I didn't take it any further. I'm not that sort of person. But they just said, I'm afraid we have to let you go. We have to let you go because of your views on on gay marriage. And this happened to me over and over again. And and, and so a couple of small Christian newspapers uh, said, Well, we 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 support you though. We'd like you to work. So I, I wrote columns for them. They then received. Organized letters, uh, emails saying if you have this guy in your pages, then we will uh, take away advertising or so, uh, we'll close you down.
1: Let Let me ask, uh, because I was going to ask this at some point during the interview. Anyway, you know why is politics? I, from my point of view, it was politics that became toxic. But why is life's? Why are we so angry at one another? Have you Have you thought about that? I mean, because you oh, you thought, have been yeah, the recipient of this too.
2: Well, I have, but, but I mean, also, I I, I received um, letters, emails, correspondence that still makes me emotional, and I'm not going to go into the details of all the people involved, but I, I received letters from some quite well-known people, and they said things, and I've kept them because they are so moving, that the love they showed me, and particularly in the gay community, uh, and I, I I think I had to earn my spurs, as it were, and... Um, it's been many years now, and I, th- I think most people in the gay community realize, and I, I do all I can to possibly, help because what, saying, when, when, you, when you realize you were wrong, it's, it's not good enough to just say, oh, I'm sorry. You have to show that contrition is genuine. Mm-hmm. I think there has to be some penance, maybe a bit of a price paid, and then you have to try and repair the damage. And after seven years of it, I think I, I I probably have. But there was some wonderful support, absolutely Beautiful, lovely support from all sorts of people. Huge numbers of people, too. I don't know. I don't think we're any angrier than we were. I mean, people used to, in, in, in religion, when religion had more power in society, people were burnt to death. Mm-hmm. Um, they, mm-hmm. they were those they appalling tortures. I mean, people, Thomas More, who's a, who's a saint, he's regarded as a saint, had a torture chamber in his own house, for goodness sake. So what, what social media has done, is to empower people who in the past had very little influence. Mm-hmm. So there could be someone, and this still happens to me, on a fairly regular basis, people on, on the on the hard right, either the Catholic or the Evangelical Church, will go after me. And They probably have very few followers. Actually, some have a lot more, but they, they have a certain influence. So I don't meet people in the street who are unpleasant. All the people I meet are lovely mm-hmm. They're courteous. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but there's a social media platform that congregates people, it is a, say it is
2: a democratization of both the good and the bad.
1: Now, so I, those. Sorry, I was going to uh, switch gears just for a second. And uh, you, uh, I think you would. Are you a democratic socialist now? Is that what, what you are politically?
2: I, I don't label myself politically. I mean, I, I do think that the Gospels are certainly not conservative. I think they're anti materialist. Mm-hmm. I think they do stress the notion of community. Uh, Of equalization, if you like, of redistribution, uh, standing with the poor and the marginalized. Uh, The people who Jesus has rough, tough words for are those with power, those with wealth, Mm -hmm. and those who are judgmental and legalistic. Uh, He has the most love for those who are on the margins of society. Well, you must construe from that what you will.
1: I I gotta mention, my co-host Jody started out as an NDP candidate and then became a conservative candidate, so you're like two ships passing through the night. At some point, I don't well,
2: know. Well, I mean, I, I'm not party political. I know no. people in all parties who are who are fine people, but um, my reading of the Gospels does not present uh, a Jesus who would be uh, a natural conservative. Let's put it that way. I think what has happened, though, I mean, I, I've seen the most extraordinary grace in people of all politics within the central purview. I mean, I'm not talking about the the, the hard, crazy ideas that go on. Um, but what has happened w- with the Christian faith is, politically, it's been dominated by, in particular, gay equality and abortion, and to a certain degree, euthanasia. Now, I don't understand, well, I do understand why, but I question why those issues have become so dominant. Uh, th- these are th- these are subjects that are barely mentioned in scripture, and I have done Didn't,
1: didn't the current pope say? Didn't the current pope say we should spend less time arguing about the things we disagree with, and more times loving Jesus? Isn't that what the current pope said at one point?
2: Yes, I mean he said all sorts of things. Uh, many of them, <laughs> uh, many of them wonderful. Not all of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just recently he he said no to ordaining uh, married men and mm. uh, and having women deacons, and I think that's very hard to defend, um, but. but if you ask most non-Christians what, what they think about Christianity, it'll be crystallized into the, those issues. And it's terribly unfair. And I've, I've written quite a bit on, on the abortion issue because most people would like to see abortion rates drop. I mean, you, you don't mean many people who say, I think it's wonderful. We need more. I mean, that just doesn't happen. But to criminalize, to take away a woman's right to choose, I don't think is, is, a, is a Christian act. If you want rates to drop then make sure contraceptives are freely available. Provide good modern sex aid in schools, socialise daycare, try to eradicate poverty, empower women. Abortion rates will drop. The problem is the very people who say they're against abortion, the, the activists, they're against most of those things. They don't believe in socialized daycare. They often oppose contraception. They oppose modern sex aid. So we have to question what is really going on. Is it about a Christian impulse to, to do good? And, and, and to acknowledge children in the womb, or is it about trying to control women?
1: That sounds very political for a guy who doesn't want to be political.
2: <laughs> I must no, say no, it. no. And I, no, I didn't say political. No, yeah. I, I think the Gospels call us to be political. Oh, they don't call us to be partisan. Partisan.
1: Okay. Gotcha. There, there's gotcha.
2: no one party I, I stand for. But on it, I mean, when it comes to, an it, my golly, um, issues of, of, of uh, apartheid, for example, when apartheid existed, very proud of the fact that the church has often led the way. Could you be neutral on an issue like that? I, and and I, there, there, When it comes to issues of, of right and wrong, good and bad, moral and immoral, I don't think you can be neutral on it.
1: No, and I think that uh, that all believers, uh, I'm a Christian myself, but I think all believers should concern themselves with the marginalized. I think that's part of why uh, God put us on earth, and, and God wants us to, to care about people who are in desperate situations, socially, politically, economically, whatever. So... I don't think uh, people should not disagree with you on that. I would like to spend the last few minutes that we have, though, just talking about some of these wonderful books you've written. You've written not only on Catholicism and about uh, spirituality, but you've, you've written about Tolkien. You've written about Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes. You've written about H.G. Uh, Wells, of course, a great writer himself. What, what, what attracted you to these, these great writers,
2: Well, the first one was was a biography of G.K. Chesterton. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's actually what brought me to Canada because I was giving a lecture on Chesterton at the University of Toronto at St. Michael's College and my wife was was in the audience. Um, The the, the best literary biographies I think I've written are the ones on C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, two people I love very much. And the others, um, I I didn't really choose to do them. It was one of the publishers saying, well, here's someone we think should be covered. And um, I mean, the, the books I am most proud of, though, uh, my last two books, the last one, Reclaiming Faith, that, that's a collection of my writings for the past four or five years. And and if if I had to, uh, you know, pearly gates, okay, what, what do you want to present us with? That would be it. I mean, that, that I think is, is the best work I've done. But the Lewis and the Tolkien books, C.S. Lewis has been an enormous influence on my life uh, from, from a, a child. I, I really think the seeds of my faith were planted as a little boy when The Land of Witch in the Wardrobe was read to me at, uh, at school. So... Uh, I love them very much, and um, that, that's where that came from. But I, 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 I don't think there's another literary biography in me. There are a lot of work, and there's not really a figure um, I want to write something on it. Uh, My my, one of my publishers, Random House, they said, "Do another literary biography." And I said, "Well, who do you want?" And they said, "We don't know." So it's you know, I I, I think I'm probably past that now. But who knows? knows?
1: See, well, let's let's then focus on C.S. Lewis for for a second because uh, he really is an intellectual uh, faith person. Is, 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 is that is that how you connected him to yourself because you you, you, you are an, uh, you intellectualize your faith? Uh, is that one way to put it?
2: Well I mean I'm not an intellectual. I'm not being falsely modest I'm not a fool but I'm not an intellectual. I know intellectuals and I'm, I'm not I don't have that debt. Um, Lewis was a great and he was an intellectual he was one of the leading academics at Oxford at the time and later at Cambridge. Uh, certainly, but my first contact with him was through children's secretary, through the Narnia stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we think of the Screw Tape Letters, these books aren't uh, intellectual as such. I mean, they're they're beautiful, beautifully written. Uh, but part of Lewis's genius was he could provide intellectual arguments, make Christianity as a popularizing of the intellectual, for the Christian faith, but also appeal to a much wider audience too. I also found his life quite inspiring. He was a wonderful man, and and. Um, Um, I'm lucky enough to know Walter Hooper, who was the last contact we have. Lewis died in 1963, the same day as Kennedy, actually. Mm. And uh, Walter Hooper was his last secretary and assistant. And Walter's a friend of mine. getting on in years now and just having that that contact. And I've always, um, I don't know, there's something visceral, something beyond the the cerebral that links me to to C.S. Lewis. And I think he's the most wonderful communicator of the Christian faith, perhaps the, the finest communicator of the Christian faith, Um, Of modern times.
1: When you wrote about Tolkien, did you also bring in his spirituality?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Tolkien was a Roman Catholic, and uh, he always denied that there was a direct link between the Lord of the Rings books and his Catholicism or his Christianity, but I think there is. And um, Tolkien was... His life, both of them, I mean, their lives as such weren't that interesting. I mean, they, they, they both went to war. Um, Lewis had a, a very moving, wonderful uh, romance later in life. Uh, but they it was really what they wrote that was most important. That That's their legacy. But certainly with Tolkien. Uh, Tolkien, he was a, a very devout man, and uh, you can't separate any person who is creative. You can't separate their creation from what they believe. I don't think it's possible.
1: You mentioned both going to war, and it it does strike me that uh, people who suffered through uh, particularly the Second War, uh, where it it was most clearly uh, against evil uh, in the form of the Nazi Party and Hitler and uh, the Imperial Japan, uh, is that something that crystallized in people, uh, a belief in, in faith against the, the faithless or the, the evil on the earth? And do you think we're missing that in our culture today?
2: Well, I mean, those two, of course, fought in the First World War, and the First World War was a, a huge criticism or a deconstruction of Christianity because although it was fought throughout the world, mm-hmm. most of the losses took place in Europe. Uh, And another word for Europe could be Christendom, apart from Turkey, really. So Christendom, you you had millions and millions of Christians, not exclusively, but overwhelmingly, killing each other. For what? And many people began to, I mean, I think it was a huge impetus in in questioning what they believed about the Church. Uh, Second World War. um, Do you know the British comic David Baddiel, by the way? The witch? a David, well, there's a British comic called, uh, comic and writer called David Bedell. He's a wonderful guy. I don't and know. He him. tells a, no. Well, he's, um, he tells a joke and and uh, Jewish guy. Uh, so he tells it uh, about the Holocaust. And he said a Holocaust survivor. Uh, after you know, long afterwards he dies and he, and he goes to heaven and, um, and, and and Saint Peter says to him, "Well, uh, you know, um, tell us a joke." Let's, let you in, tell us a joke. And 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 he tells him a joke about the Holocaust. And and God says. That's not funny, and the guy says, "Well, you had to be there. I
1: had to be there." That that. And Ricky Gervais told that joke on Seinfeld. Uh, yeah. so, cof, well, uh, coffee with in it's, cars it's with comedians.
2: It's an extremely deep comment. Where was God? Mm-hmm. Where was God in the Holocaust? Where was God in the Ukrainian starvation? Where was God in in, in Rwanda? Where Where was God uh, in in, in, Cam- in Cambodia? Where is God in tragedy? And People ask these questions, God in the dark. That's a, that's a series mm-hmm. of lectures by C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. God in the dark. We, are quite, we have the, the right now, the freedom to question God, and that's a good thing. And, and too many, I think, too many conservative Christians believe somehow we shouldn't be putting God in the dark, and we, and we should be very angry at people who they think blaspheme and swear or do or say the wrong things. I don't think that's the issue. I think uh, if we want to develop a strong faith, we have to question God. I welcome intelligent atheism, not the silly kind that just makes comments about sky theories, which is pointless, but I, I mean, one of the great influences on my life and someone I, I value as a friend is Stephen Fry. Stephen mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. He's an atheist. He, he, he's not really anti-Christian. He's been very supportive of me in my journey and my old nation. But you, you have to have these open discussions about faith and what this means, um, that's our, our right as creatures created by God that's my belief.
0: yeah well we could certainly go on for hours and hours with Michael. Unfortunately we got to wrap it up we want to respect your time but uh, we are very appreciative and I know that uh, we're very thankful that uh, you were able to give us uh, just a small piece of your wisdom and insight today.
1: This was uh, this was wonderful, uh, Michael. Thank you so much for sharing with well, us. Let,
2: and... let me tell you a secret. When it comes to my wisdom, there is only a very small part. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. <laughs> okay, I, w- I wasn't going to say it, Michael, but you since you brought it up. <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much, you. and uh, we'll have to get you back on again.
2: Anytime. Bless you. Thank you. Bless you.
0: So thanks again to Michael Korn for taking the time to do that. Uh, we appreciate it. He is, I mean, the reality is very... I don't know if he does it on purpose or if he just finds himself in some of these controversies, but if yes. you follow him on Twitter, yes. he gets into it quite a bit. He does.
1: He doesn't, uh, he's not a shrinking violet on these things and, uh, he, he's created controversy. There's no question. Uh, I, I think he would say uh, he's just living out his creed. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he, that's what he would say and, and that's fair enough. But, uh, there's no question as well that uh, people, uh, react to that.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I, 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 I agree with a lot of his points, and I think I, I'm not going to question his faith or anything by by any stretch. Uh, the only thing I would say, and I wasn't going to bring it up, was that I think he does paint um, believers or Christians with a pretty wide brush, mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. sometimes, with some of his comments. But again, yep. I, knowing him, he has a media background, he knows what it takes to get attention. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some of it is, yeah, well, is, I just is designed yeah,
1: that way. And I would say this to believers and non-believers, uh, Christ followers, non-Christ followers, Christ had... One one thing he wanted us to do is
0: to love. Subscribe everyone. to the podcast. Lo- that oh. was the second thing. Sorry, but there's the two things. <laughs> first thing was
1: what? <laughs> love everyone like I've loved you. Yes. So if we, yes. we kind of and he gave his life. That's how much he loved us. So uh, that's not a bad way to uh, live one's life, I would say. And right. uh, but but only if you subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> Jeez.
0: I Heart Radio. Google Play, Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, all those places. Tony, thanks so much. Thank uh, you. For doing uh, doing what you do.
1: Well, and thank you for being <laughs> you. You're, you're, this you is do our most touching well. episode we've <laughs> ever is, done. Yeah. got a little I tear just, in my uh, eye. I do. I
0: need a Kleenex or something. <laughs> Seven days, new podcast. We're so excited. We'll talk to you soon. For sure. Follow and another thing on Twitter, Instagram,
1: and Facebook.